Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about tactical creativity. What the heck is tactical creativity? <laughs> I don't know. I just came up with it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> As we're playing for the, the title for this episode. Right. But yeah. I mean, I think what we wanted to do, because the last episode was was kind of big picture and strategic. The last few episodes probably have been that way. So I think we decided that we would take a more tactical look this time at um, how to be creative, how to set time aside tactically to be creative. Right. Making the space. Yeah. And it, it occurred to us that, or certainly to me, that, that it would be interesting. I just know I gravitate to certain things when I look at my calendar. So, every, you know, I've always talking about my daily to-do list and I can slot most of those things into, you know, minutes, like just in between things. But that's, those are mostly not all work-related. It's mostly not work-related. So when I look at my calendar and it's got, you know, four or five appointments in a week, if that, and it's just like full of holes. And when one comes up, so like I finish the thing, like we'll finish the podcast and I'll look and like, when's my next appointment? It's like, not until... 4 30 or something and it's like all right i've got this chunk of time and and i wanted for this episode i wanted to like pay more attention to what i gravitate to when i have this empty chunk of time like i didn't plan it ahead like you probably do <laughs> but it's like what do i feel like doing now and then what is the given the time constraint what are the kinds of tactics really am i going to even consider doing in that time frame, because if it's too short, there are things I'm not going to do. And if it's it's too long, then that's going to have an effect also. Uh, so thought it might be a little bit useful to people who have a, a more jam-packed schedule and have to be more conscious about opening up room for certain kinds of things, like creating a big enough bucket to do, you know, tasks A, B, and C, you know, that are on the large side. So that's the plan. Yeah. So we, these buckets, small, medium, and large. Yeah, I actually came up with five different ones. I, 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 I might no. be, I might you be overthinking did? it. Yeah, I might be overthinking <laughs> it, but and I, I want to hear the five. I, I yeah, I was thinking small, medium, and large. Yeah, I do. So I, I imagine it from the context of my calendar. So if I have fifteen minutes, what am I going to try and squeeze in? And and that's a list of things. If I have thirty minutes. There's a slight difference there. I might do some of the 15 minute stuff. I might do two of those things or as many as I can, but there it, it does open up a little bit of mental space for like, oh, I could squeeze in this. Like, what could I squeeze into 30 mm -hmm. minutes? And then yeah. same for an hour and then two hours and then four hours. And then I didn't once, once when I have a full day, we were saying before the show, when I have a full day of nothing to do, sometimes that's actually really counterproductive in it. Well, in terms of this. And I'll just be like, oh, I just got the day off. I'm going to like, go get my hair cut and go to lunch and maybe walk the dogs or take Maggie on a bike ride. You know, I'll just, just kind of like nothing happens work related. It's just, a, I just dad around the house kind you know, of stuff. I, I, I think that not necessarily that exact thing, but I, I think that idea is more common than we probably know because there's something about having this whole day in front of you that sometimes people sort of make excuses for that time. Oh, I'll just clean out my inbox. <laughs> oh, I'll just, you know, yeah, clean out at the sock drawer, right? But I'll do yeah. some, these little tiny things that don't really move the needle, but that are just kind of bugging you when you have a right. whole day versus looking at that day and going, wow, look at all this open space. What can I create today with that? Right, right. Totally different mindset. Yeah. And you know what I think it is? 
I mean, this is, this is, uh, I think a truism in the music performance space. There's a, a really famous classical guitarist named Andre Segovia. And I remember him saying that, uh, I mean, he's widely regarded as the best classical guitarist mm -hmm. of all time. And he was like, I can only, I can only really practice about an hour a day. Like I might play the guitar more than that the day, but I'm only really practicing in an hour. And for me, if I go, if I get in the zone on something, I am roasted at the end of four hours. Like, so to mm -hmm. see an eight hour day, I'm not going to do one thing all day. It's just not going to happen. So the biggest bucket I had on the list is four hours. And the stuff I put in that bucket, it may take a little bit more than four hours. It might take two or three hours. But when I see a four hour block, these are the things I think of. You know what I mean? It's not, it's yeah. not that they take four hours. It's that these, this is a different list of things than if I have 30 minutes. Yeah. And just as a sidebar, Stephen Pressfield said uh, the same thing, but with four hours. Like the most he could write in a day is four hours. And that's a good writing day. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're focused. I mean, I, you know, I spent a month writing a minimum of two hours every day, and that was a lot. Four hours oh, yeah. would be exhausting. Right. Yeah. Something within the four hours, it, it would be exhausting. And plus, <laughs> you just, you're automatically going to get interrupted by like having to eat or go to the bathroom. So you, you just get snapped yeah. out of it. And, but, but I'd be toast at the end of four hours of like, you know, you know, the stuff that's on this list. It, it, that's, that's probably a maximum, some kind of maximum for me and appears to be, I, I've heard other, I think Stephen King and uh, Neil Gaiman, they sort of like, wake up in a leisurely fashion, play around in the, you know, like have coffee in the garden and then they go into their writing space and then they come out for lunch and that's, that's it for the day, you know? That's like, it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think people underestimate how, I don't want to say hard, but how all encompassing writing in particular can be because you're, you're creating something from a whole cloth, whether you're creating a a nonfiction book or you're writing some crazy script treatment for something, you know, you, you're creating that and there's, yeah, it's, it's tiring to do that. Yeah. It's also so fun. You like disappear time to stops. You just, it's, I love it. It's so great. Oh, I did that last week. I, I sent you a slack about it. I did yeah. that last week on this side creative project just for fun. It was awesome. But yeah, mm. it was by the end I was like, okay, that was a really good day, but that's enough. That's enough yeah. for today. So cool. Um, do you want to get into it? I don't know what the best way to come at it from is, but I th I think of it from the the smaller task to the bigger task. Yeah, I I'm with you because I I think that's where we that's where we go because we tend to have these small bits of time, yeah, and they just get lost if we don't capture them. Not that you have to capture all of them. This is just right. a way to think about it. Yeah, and and not that swanning around the neighborhood with a full day off is a bad thing either but we're talking about talking about these sort of creative things that you're doing for to build your authority business like when you're really making something yeah exactly. okay so what's your what's your smallest time chunk that you wrote down what's small for you in terms well, of time? I, I actually didn't think of it in terms of time i just went small so i guess if i if i had to think about it i would say like an hour or less mm -hmm. okay um yeah that's kind of how i tend to think about it Okay. I, was, so, I was intrigued with your 15 and 30 minutes like I don't I don't I never really thought about putting that fine a point on it right yeah it's this is this is I mean we're totally long preamble here but but going through this exercise in preparation for this phone call really revealed to me that I that 
I haven't done a great job, you know, because I don't like to, I'm historically bad at blocking out time in my calendar for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I get kind of reactive and in between, you know, I'll have like a phone call at noon, let's say, and it goes until one and then I've got another phone call coming up in a half an hour or a podcast episode or an interview or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I probably need like five or 10 minutes to get into the headspace for the next thing. So that gives me like 15, 20 minutes. I have a lot of these 15, 20 minute blocks where I can't like leave the office. Like I'll be in the home office. I'm like, I'm not going to go away from the computer. I'm just going to pretend I'm still on the phone call. So everyone is like, Mm -hmm. stays doing what they're doing. And, and then I'm like, okay, what can I squeeze in between these two appointments? So I've, I have like lots of days where I have no appointments or just one, but it is common to have two that, that trap me at the computer with this 15 or 30 minutes in between. And so anyway, so I have, I have a lot of those. And then the thing I realized is that I haven't been blocking out the larger chunks of time. So when we get to the, you know, it's, it's like, I'll block out a Thursday or something, but I don't actually go out of the house to the office or to Starbucks or something and isolate myself in those hours. So they get ruined, or I should say that not ruined is harsh, but they, they get, I get distracted by the dishes or the dogs are barking at something. You know what I mean? And so anything that's on my list of like two or hours or four hours, it's, it's been, I've been neglecting it. And I'm like, oh, that's why I rented the office. Like subconsciously, I knew that my longer blocks of time, my really deep focused stuff has been getting procrastinated or just pushed down the list. Anyway. But, yeah. But what I really love about your saying that is that really what you're describing is, is the integration of your work with your family life. And, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people listening can relate to that, especially working from home with your kids, your spouse, your partner, whatever. And there's a, I, I just think that's a realistic phase of life. And, you know, we just have to find a way to manage around the family life while still, you know, really enjoying it while you have it. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm like staring out the window into like the, a lush garden with a greenhouse and there's literally a rabbit has ha, like, I don't know, what do you say? You know, hatch and a hatch. So like she has little bunnies in the corner. <laughs> to like keep the dogs moving, right? <laughs> it rules. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it is also not conducive to deep work. So right now I'm in a phase where, where I've kind of designed things so I can do all these atomic tasks every single day in these snippets of time and we'll be empty nesters soon enough. And you know, who knows what will happen then, but, uh, you know, Oh God, I don't want to think about it. You want to enjoy this. And this is part of why we do these soloist expertise businesses so that we can, you know, do great work, make huge transformations, make piles of money and enjoy (laughs) our lives. Right. It's like, it's to do all of those things. So yeah, I just think that, um, the, the other thing that's really interesting is a lot of times people assume that it's women that are dealing with like all this family life. I have many male consultants as well who have exactly the same situation. Family Mm. life is family life. And, you know, you just have to find a way to make time for, you know, both pieces of of your life. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's work from home is like a, obviously post pandemic, it's a big thing. So everybody's probably lots of people are wrestling with similar kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. With all that said. (laughs) All right. So what do you do in those 15 to 30 minute slots? 15 minute chunks 
of work-related creativity, uh, number one thing is to write the daily email. It, it almost mm-hmm. never takes me 15 minutes unless I'm really having fun with it and I'll go over. And I don't know if I said this on the show or before the show, but these the, the things in each one of these buckets might not take 15 minutes or uh, it might take longer. It might take five minutes, but they're the things that I think of when I see I have 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. write the daily email. That usually takes, I mean, I did it at, at five minutes before this call started. I did today's email. So like this call with you right now. <laughs> So it takes almost always it takes under five minutes. But if I have 15 minutes is the first thing I think of. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. did I do today's email yet? Nope. Okay. What have I got? Is it a podcast day? Then that's really easy. Is it, do I have something in my drafts folder that's ready to go? Uh, I'll look at what I wrote the previous day and I'll say like, oh yeah, I, I totally have a follow on from this. Or I'll go into my list folder and find something that, something that is a slam dunk. Um, Mm -hmm. If I've got more than 15 minutes, I will probably write a different kind of daily email. But the first thing I think of when I do have 15 minutes is to write the daily email. Yeah. Yeah, The next thing, if if, if it's toward the weekend, if it's like, usually usually I do the comics on Sunday, which people could yell at me for working on the weekend, but it's, uh, that's usually when I do it. But I, I think of it while I am doing the dishes or working in the garage. So that's, it's like a, I don't think of that as like a scheduled thing. It's just on Fridays, I have a reminder to think of the comic if you didn't already. And that mm-hmm. just processes in the back of my mind. I like have my brain wander in that direction while I'm doing stuff with my hands. And then when I actually go to create it, it takes like, unless something goes horribly wrong, like some software update or something, it, it takes 15 minutes max. So I'll just like, uh, I mean, it's a Sunday, so I don't know anything else to do anyway, but I'll be like, oh, I'll get to go pick up Cooper from basketball in 10 minutes or whatever. So I'll just crank the comic out now and then go. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I'll do if I have 15 minutes, like say between calls is answer email. And I, when I put this on, I almost took it off because that sounds like administrative garbage procrastination, but n- not the way I answer email. So, so like I'll go in when I say answer email like this, it's uh, I'll, I'll go through the replies that I've gotten to my daily list and, you know, I'll just like, oh, thanks. You know, I'll just thank people. But then there's usually at least one where it inspires a new concept for for the next email. So I'll like reply to the person and then in there I'll be like, hey, would it be OK if I shared this with the list? I can leave your name off if you prefer. So it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm writing a future daily email. But in my mind, it's like I'm answering uh, replies to the list. But so I, well, I, because the creativity is in a new way of thinking about your old stuff, right? Because yeah. that's what that—that's what that email is producing. Right. It's it—it's a catalyst for me to at least describe the concept in a different way, or more deeply, or with more specific examples from this person's situation, which is often useful for other people. Mm. Instead of me just like thinking big thoughts and being like, "Oh, I want to write about this today." Right. So a uh, similar category, but uh, a little bit different. And then now another one that is a, feels a little bit like cheating, but I wrote down engage on Twitter, but I mean it in a particular way, which is like Twitter. I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter, probably no surprise, <laughs> but yeah. it's the perfect place to do a very quick experiment about a new idea and it, or, or maybe not a new idea, but a new way to say something. Test with a tweet test with a tweet right and so sometimes i will do that or i'll say like 
and or I'll go to a, a recent one where where I've done this and I'll look at the thread and see what interesting thoughts of it has raised. Mm-hmm. So that to me that is like uh, creative is a strong word for that, but it's more like it's more like uh, inspiration kind of. It's some it's some combination of market research, inspiration, kismet. You know, like some uh, hoping for some kind of like aha moment from the conversation with the people engaging with like whatever the tweet is. Perhaps but, that's yeah. tactical creativity. Right? It helps me. Because you're creating the conditions, but you're doing it in a in a tactical way. Right. And so I'm not talking about like trying to boost my followers or looking at my analytics or anything like that. It's it's right. more around the ideas. Like I've got 15 minutes. And this is at the end of the list of the 15-minute things because I don't do it that often, but it was the only other thing I could think of that I would squeeze into 15 minutes. It's almost always the daily email. If it's the weekend, a Sunday comic, and then... I'll like go through my email and try and reply to people from the mailing list. Okay. Okay. So my list looks similar. You know, emails and articles are the things that I tend to start writing with that amount of time. I think the thing that I do that's not on your list is I bookmark certain articles when I see them and I have a list of things that I want to read because something about it just piqued my curiosity but I'm not sure what it is and I want to go back and and read it and take notes usually or take a note Um, but usually it's something it could be something well I mean it could be anything it could be like a New York Times article about politics that made me think of something relative to the business or it could be one of the um, you know an article in Medium from somebody that you know I've never heard of before who had an interesting idea or sometimes it's just from one of the I don't know hundred of um, email subscriptions that I have that's not about expertise it's about something else that I think of as like fun time but there was something mm-hmm. in a headline or an image where I said I'm going to come back to that and I just I flag those in mm-hmm. my email and you know I choose a different color depending on what it is and I just you know, if I have 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, I'll go in and look at those. And I always have at least like a half a dozen to look at. Yes, I I do the same thing. I didn't think to put that on the list, but I, I would categorize it as that sort of it's this it's like you're it's the loading of the cannon before the creativity. You know, it's like it's like the preparation yeah. for the creativity. And yeah, so it's it's consuming. You know, we're consuming. I've written a few pieces about that, the consuming versus the producing. And, you know, most of us will argue you want to produce before you consume. But there's a certain amount of of consuming, at least for me, that I need um, yet to to load the cannon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I actually do the same thing. It's all in my email. So I think of it the same way. Like a lot of times people, a whole bunch of people will suggest a link to an article like like some new article will come out a bunch of people on my list will see it and like five of them will say oh have you seen this thing yet and that's one of those things as i'm going through my email replies it's almost always there's some links in there that uh, that are recommended and are really worth looking at or people just ask me like what's your take on this tweet about you know they've been getting a lot of ai mm-hmm. ones lately like like what about people in creative spaces like and and ai and what do you think about this and so uh yeah that's a great one that's a great one Cool. Okay. So did you, uh, was there anything else on your 15 minute list? No, I mean, I think you, you covered it. I mean, it's just, it's always that those snippets are 
like inspiration opportunities, um, consumption opportunities in preparation for inspiration or to act on an inspiration in a quick way. Like sometimes I, I guess, yeah, I should add one other thing, but it's going to sound sort of ta- very tactical is I'll start writing tweets related to something that I heard. It's not the part of writing tweets that I do automatically when I write a piece. You know, I write the piece and then I write the companion tweets. This would be different. Like something hits me and I'll say, oh, I'm going to write that for LinkedIn or I'm going to write it for Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, Or very rarely I might Instagram it. I don't use Instagram that much, but. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So do you, I I actually, when I think, when I look at a 30 minute block, there's two other things I could think of that would occur to me with with that much time. And uh, one is to write an abstract for new talk. So if it's this, this doesn't happen, I don't have need to do this that often. But when someone is like, hey, we'd love to have you give a presentation to the user group. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the opening of an envelope. And and they'll, they're like, and then I'll be like, what well, what what would be like, they'll invite me but not say what they want me to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll say like, what does, you know, like, how could I best help the audience? Like, what are they, tell me about them and where they're at, what their big challenges are. And then we can kind of brainstorm on how to best use the time to make them glad that they sat through it. So I'll get some feedback from this person, you know, it's always usually happens over email and I'll get mm-hmm. the feedback and, and I'll say, okay, what about this? And it takes me, uh, it can take a good 30 minutes once I have the information about the audience and how much time I have, all of the logistics, then to kind of like craft a little abstract that is accurate, but also compelling and perhaps even uh, like, like, like it will mess with them if they don't go like, like, oh, I have, I have to see, I can't skip this. Like, so trying to write that in like maybe three sentences, you know, who it's for, who it's not for, you know, expected experience. Um, what to expect as a result, maybe some of the top pains that will be addressed and a little bit of an outline. And I give myself enough stuff. No, the talk doesn't exist yet. I haven't mm-hmm. created it yet, but this this will be the blueprint from which I create it because this is the promise I'm making to the audience. So anyway, that's, so, so that's an so abstract. Interesting. Because I would not have, I, to, I totally hear you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, I, you couldn't see I'm head nodding as you were talking. <laughs> But it's funny, if I saw 30 minutes, I wouldn't think of that. I would think I, I need an hour. Mm-hmm. I need an hour to because I feel like I would get into it and then I'd be pulled away. Yeah. But the way you described it, it's, you know, it's very short. It's very small. It's very much of a piece. But yeah, that's it's really interesting. If I if I, I I have spent hours on things like this. And the reason why is because I didn't find out who I'm talking to. Like to, I, I just think it is so important for every kind of writing to, to know the better you know the audience, the easier it is to do stuff like this. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. My comment so, was just about the amount of time. It's I got 30 it. 30 minutes yeah. versus an hour. And it's I, I like that idea because I also think that forcing some of this into a tighter time frame, tighter for me, not for you, mm. um, you know, can really pay off, you know? Yeah. You have 20 minutes. Worth an hour. Idea for yeah. this group. Go. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, I'm sort of cheating because there was some back and forth to find out who the audience was. But when I, when I'm like, okay, it's like, I've got this thing, I have to write an abstract for the user group meeting coming up on Friday. And, and I know, and there's this like little ticking 
not time bomb, but there's pressure because I know the organizer wants it as soon as they can get it because mm-hmm. then they can start promoting it. And that's good for me too. So I've got this pressure and it's there and then it percolates and percolates and percolates. And then I'm like, I've got 30 minutes. I'm, I feel it. I, I, this is the time, right? <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it grabs me. And then I pull up the email thread. I read it. And, uh, it, and usually there's already some seeds just from having conversation with the person. I might've said something like, well, what if I use a title like this? And, uh, oh yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, okay, I've got a title already. So I've got the title. I know who the audience is. And then I've written, I don't know, 500 abstracts. So I've got practice doing it. I can do it in half an hour, but, um, yeah, so that's, it's one of the, it doesn't happen that often that I have to do that, but it's not completely uncommon. Uh, but there's a, a closely related one. It looks, it's, it's fundamentally different, but it does have a lot of similarities, which is to, to, well, I guess there are two versions of this. One is responding to, well, I guess coming on someone else's, if someone invites me to be on a podcast, it's basically the same scenario as the, as, as presenting a talk remotely. So the, it's not live, but it's the same process. So I, I would add that as writing an abstract for a podcast appearance, but there's a third one that is definitely different, which is writing a podcast outreach pitch where I am reaching out to a podcast host to pitch myself as a guest. And a half an hour is a perfect amount of time for me to do one of those. So it's it's long enough so that I'm not spamming a bunch of people with a generic boilerplate. I've got enough time to research the audience. I've got enough time to listen to the beginning of an episode or maybe you know get a feel for the, the host and their approach, get a feel for who their audience is. They'll usually describe what the podcast is about right on the podcast site. So you do a little homework you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of homework. And then I'll be like, all right, I'll bet you this audience, this person's audience would stand to benefit from these three things. Cause I'll also look at the past episode titles or recent episode titles and say, ah, oh, they haven't talked about positioning in over a year. Or they haven't talked about pricing in over a year or daily lists or the importance of, of a, pi- a mailing list or something. And so then I'll come up with three potential episode titles and kind of bullet point out what we could talk about maybe some in a sample question format with with sample answers something and I can pull that together in about a half an hour but it's funny I think I would see a half an hour and think I could do that but it probably takes 45 minutes yeah the research piece and then the I like the crafting the email is almost the easiest thing once you've done everything else but the the creative part of this to me is the trying to figure out what's the What's the white space? Yeah, what's the that angle? You can propose. Yeah, yeah, the hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those are I would say I would call that three things in my thirty minute block. So write a cast app description. Keeping notes for future reference here. Yeah, this is a very <laughs> very useful exercise for me. I'm glad this is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my weekly therapy session. Okay, so that brings me to to an hour. But what do you do? You have anything in the thirty minute that you'd look at thirty minutes? I hit the stuff in my small, which is like thirty minutes or fifteen minutes to to under an hour. Mm-hmm. So no, in terms of creative, I think I think that's really it. Cool. All right. So that brings us to an hour. You 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 finish. We get off this call. You look at your calendar. You've got an hour before your next thing. What might you jump into? Well, I want to stick with the podcast theme because. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm invited, especially on a well-known podcast, I'm going to do more prep for those. I'm going to be, you know, let's assume that, that I've done the pitching. So I've already done what you just described and they've said, yes, we mm-hmm. want you to talk about this. And so I'll spend some time thinking about 
Um, what do I want to pull? Especially, I've done this a lot with the book. People say, oh yeah, love the book. Oh, talk about uh, you know, positioning, monetizing, or selling. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to you for a year about those things. Um, so I will, I will kind of dive into that and think about how do I want to position this? Is there anything I want to say differently? And given their podcast format, some of them have a, you know, like a five question format, or they'll have like a little tweaky question at the beginning or at the end how do I want to introduce myself what are the sound bites I want to make sure I get across on this one um, and especially if someone has said you know your view on this is is opposite of mine I'd love to have you come on and let's debate this a little bit oh, and yeah. so mm-hmm. that's like that to me that's more preparation I don't ever want to go into those cold so I would that would be one of the things I would think about. Um, That's a good I, one. Yeah. Yeah. Just to pile on there. Do you how far did, would you do that at any point before the show or would you try and do that closer to the episode itself? Closer because I'd, I'd want it fresh. I even take notes like I have like a, a little format that I sort of follow just because it helps. There's something for me about thinking and then having it being written. And when I say written, I mean handwritten notes. Uh, yeah. There's something about the connection between those two that I just find really helpful for prep on this kind of thing. Yeah, it's very, very, that's a great one to add to my list also, prepping for an appearance, which just like you said, like I'm, I got booked on a, a pretty big show coming up. I'll, you, you'll hear all about it when, I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but, um, and the host has this real uh, put you on the spot format and he asks a lot of guests a particular question that's mm-hmm. really hard to answer, like just in the moment. You, yeah, mm-hmm. Like you could muddle through, but I'm like, I want to I want to nail why? this answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to nail this answer because if you know what they're going to ask you, they're going to put you on the spot. Then it's like you might as well like rise to the occasion. So that is a great example. There's another one. It, you also I was recently on a show where, you know, the, the host invited me on. It was actually an int- we were introduced by a mutual friend. We set up an uh, an interview, and he was like, "Just for the record, I disagree with you about hourly billing." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> or no, 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 sorry. <laughs> just just for the record, I disagree with you about timesheets. And I was like, yeah. "Okay, let's let's do it. Let's talk about it." Um, but I definitely prepared for that. I like researched. Yeah. I found out, you know, like what exact exactly what his opinion about timesheets is. In what cases do you think they're useful? And I came up with like a thoughtful rebuttal or maybe in certain circumstances I would agree with him and like what are those circumstances Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah that's that's a great one I didn't think of that yeah it takes some time to think about that Mm -hmm. but but then the other piece is um, you know I do a lot of reading and I don't necessarily think of that as creative time but there are certain books that I buy with the idea that I'm going to read them and think about them for the podcast that this would be a potential guest and so if I've if I've got enough time and it's, especially if it's in the afternoon I might be more apt to do it than if it was in the morning but I might read like a chapter on a book that I think might be interesting for the podcast and sometimes it just you know, gives us an idea to talk about, but I love right. doing that and seeing what I can apply to my work or my life. But my work yeah, I love doing that too. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's loading the canon too. I it's funny that that stuff. There's some cat. There's this category of thing that I do so organically that 
I do, it doesn't even rise to the conscious level, like thinking yeah. about what the comic is going to be for the weekend or like dipping into just, it's like just 20 minutes of an audio book that I haven't listened to in years. Like I oh, just hit play. I'm in the middle of a chapter and it just like triggers some things. But to me, that stuff is like, that's like brushing your teeth. Like I don't even think about it. It just happens. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it definitely helps creativity though. Well, it does. And I I have a, you know, I have some habits and one of them is when I work out um, on a cardio machine as I read. And that's the kind of stuff I tend to read there. But if I find this little bit of extra time and maybe I was reading something that morning that kind of captured my imagination and I, I read most of my stuff like that in a Kindle. And so I highlight the stuff that I, that I am interested in. So sometimes I'll just go in and look at all the highlights and say, ooh, you know, maybe this would be an interesting thing to write about or to talk about or to think about. And how would this apply in the area of expertise and authority and consulting? Like, is there an angle I haven't thought about? So it's just it's just like letting my head kind of, you know, go wherever it wants to. That feels right. like very indulgent, but it, <laughs> it has a, it has an end purpose in it. So I think it's yeah. tactical. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, and I would do I would do sales things too in in kind of an hour to you know maybe two hours depending on what it was. So sales things could be could be writing a sales page. It could be um, thinking about um, I have a a new membership thing I'm working on. So it's like how how do what does that look like? What are the communications I want to have with people? Um, what issues do I want to put in or challenges do I want to put in front of them? So all the kind of creative thinking around that would be something that I would enjoy spending, you know, an hour, maybe probably not two hours, more like an hour to clip. An hour is usually enough for something like that. Um, And then the other thing that I've I've done sometimes, uh, I've done it for clients, you know, for years and and I do it for myself, but not necessarily on a regular basis is I will just there's something that I want to work on, something that I want to change about uh, my website or an idea or I'm developing this idea and I don't know what to call it. <laughs> and everybody always thinks, oh, you just, you know, the first name that pops into your head, that's the one. And I will literally open a document, a blank document, and I might spend, you know, 15 or 20 minutes just typing everything I can think of around it. And so then what I'll do periodically, and I, I wouldn't spend more than an hour on this now that I think about it, certainly not two hours, it would be too much, is I would go back to this thing and I would think about it some more, almost like a Pomodoro, you know, in 20 minute increments and yeah. see, yeah. And I look at the list and when something, when I really don't like something, I will use the cross out, but I won't delete it because I yeah. like having the the bad ideas in the space. So it kind of reminds me of where my thinking has gone. So I'll right. just dive into one of those documents for an hour and and work on that. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I had a, a very similar list here. So, so uh, I added prep for an interview. That's a great one. Um, write a sales page, which you also said. For me, a for me a a sales page like I can really disappear into that. Really try to inhabit the reader. Like I, it's like I want to teleport myself into their brain and get in there, try and get into their shoes mentally. Almost like I mean, I suppose I wonder if it's like what actors do. I, I've never done anything like that, but but I just want to get in the person's head as far as I can, and and then I just take out you know I've got like a, a starter template. 
and it's kind of fill in the blanks, but they're big blanks. You know, it's, it's like an outline and there's like nine sections and I'll, and the top, the first four are the critical pieces and the, the, the five remaining are more of the persuasive pieces, if you want to call it that, or the credibility pieces. And, and I've just like, it feels like it feel, it has the exact, this is going to sound really weird, but it has the same feeling when I finish as when I write the first draft of a song, when I used to do songwriting and I'm like, it's here, this is, this is something. You know, it's like I can feel that it's it's something and I can get it in in an hour. They'll have been a, a bunch of things will have transpired leading up to this moment where someone would say, boy, it would really be great if you taught a workshop on thing or it'd be really great if you, I don't know, created some videos that would teach people how to do the behind the scenes thing or whatever. So there's been some some expression of interest, but not like not definitely like they're not taking out their wallet, but like a person or two or three were like, boy, it'd really be great if you had some material on this topic. And I think, well, I could really talk about that topic for a while. I could definitely make a workshop out of that. Okay. This is all in the back of my mind. And then I've got an hour. I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'll get inspired. If I get inspired by the idea, I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to sit down, grab the template, fill in the the blanks at the top. Just like, it's like, what's it going to be called? Mm-hmm what's it what are the three top benefits of this thing what is the the main pain maybe the top three pains that people are wrestling with when they're gonna look for something like this and and i might have already i probably already have asked the suggestors why they would want something like this what's the challenge that they're facing you know not just like hey i want i want a course about how to write proposals and i'd be like why you know uh, uh, more politely than that but you're like, well, what are the, what are your biggest challenges with proposals? And they say, uh, they take forever. They never close. I don't know what to write. I feel like, uh, I don't have the information I need when I sit down to write it. I did a bad job in the sales interview, you know, and they just give me all, they write the page for me. And I like collect it in the email threads or Slack threads. And then, and it's like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And then spend an hour blasting out. You not the whole thing usually, but probably the first four sections, the critical pieces. It's so like the pain, the, the, the hero section, like, what is this thing? What's it called? And what's the call to action that's like above the fold? And then pain, dream, fix, first call to action. Like those are the four sections that I would start with. And then after that, if I can, you know, if I've got any social proof or FAQs or urgency or whatever else I can add to the bottom to the extent that I have it, but I can fill that stuff in later. The, the top four things are the core value proposition, the core offer. So yeah, so sales page for me is like, and it it is fun. Like I I I don't know why I'm I must be reincarnated from some Madison Avenue person or something, but I find that fun. Hey, um, yeah, it takes all kinds. <laughs> love it. So, somebody's got to love writing those things. Well, it's part of it is like it's like I'm pretty sure. Oh, the other thing is I will not have created a stitch of content for the thing yet. Right. It's like I haven't even created an outline. Just in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I've got enough to fill a week on this. And then the sales page, and then I'll go back to the people who asked for it. You know, so it's the beginning of an experiment. It's just like a, I didn't create the course yet or anything. I didn't create the workshop. Right. Um, it's just which the, is probably the why it's so page. much more fun at that stage because yeah. you it can be anything, and it's it it uh, really laser focuses you in on, you know, what's their pain and how can you fix it? Yeah, how can I help? Like, how can I write yeah. this down in a way that makes it clear that it will help? 
you know, and then mm -hmm. it's kind of like I did, I said earlier for the abstract of the talk. And then once I've kind of iterated with a few people who are likely buyers or, or expressed interest, and they almost always give me really good tweaks. They're like, oh, I wouldn't say revenue, I'd say income, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and then I'm like, great, you know, and then I would, you know, it, it's like, then here's the promise I'm making now design the actual content mm -hmm. to keep the promise. Yeah. So I wouldn't start yeah. with the content and then try and shoehorn what I created into the some other desire or some adjacent desire. But anyway, that's a separate topic. Um, so yeah, writing a sales page and then another, I'll just run through the rest of these, I guess, a little quicker. Um, the next one is very similar, but like a, a webinar registration page is that can take a minute. So if I, if I had an hour, I would, I would, and, and I had a webinar coming up, I would say, okay, I'm going to write a web, a registration page, which in a sense is a similar to sales a sales page, page uh, but it's just a different call to action. And it's mentally, it's different for me because it's going to be free and it's probably, it's going to be public. So it's going to be for a sort of call it global audience. It's something that I'd promote on social media, not just to my list. I might not even promote it that much to my list because they're already on my list and the webinar is to get people on my list. So, I mean, I'll mention it, but it's, it's going to be for a different audience. So it feels a little different to me. It's, it's for strangers. So I'm in a different mode uh, with that thing, but it's very similar. You know, you're probably going to end up with between a thousand and 3000 words. Uh, it's, it's going to have very specific parts to it. You got to kind of think it through, but again, it's like, I haven't created the talk yet. I've just like, this is the, the label on the front of the bottle. Well, plus it's, you know, said this is for strangers, but it might not be. I mean, the webinar could be the way that you're going to sell something. And so instead of just emailing it to your list, you do a webinar to hook some of the people deeper. So there's multiple reasons why you could do a webinar and multiple audiences you could design it for. But yeah, the, absolutely. The premise, I mean, the premise is the same, yep. right? It, I, I like how you said that, it, you know, it, it takes a minute. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, this is a little random. Uh, depending on where I am, I might just like flip open YouTube and do a live stream if I've got an hour to kill in between appointments. So yeah, like, uh, or do a um, sort of a quick solo episode of Ditching Hourly where I'm just like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick episode. I'm going to get my thoughts down on, I don't know, AI is the thing I've been thinking about recently. So that. Or, you know, maybe it'd be inflation or recession or uh, whatever. Like, I've got something on my mind. It's kind of fuzzy, but I'm getting there. It's starting to take shape. I'll write down three bullet points and maybe some sub points. And I'll just flip the mic on and and record an episode or do a live stream, something like that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Cool. Uh, cool. That's all my, my hour-long stuff. Yeah, I don't think I talked about the sales. Oh, sometimes I'll work on a download. You know, mm. if there's something that I want to do, like, you know, some kind of a freebie something on something, um, if I've yeah. got an hour or two, um, you know, I might write something out, play with it a little bit, whether it's a download or it's, you know, it winds up being an article, but it's something a little bit more than just an email. It's a little bit more depth. It's not super long. I'm not writing my opus, but something just a little bit more than an email that I want to make available to a to a larger audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like a lead magnet. So I've got. I actually have that yeah. in my two hour section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're still on your one. I'm, yeah. I'm on the medium category. So that's that's what I. That's all I've got on the medium. Got it. 
Okay, so so yeah, if I had two hours in between appointments, and and I'm starting to realize that it's the in between appointments thing that is is the trigger for me to say like, what am I going to do with this time because it's bookended. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's not like I have an entire Thursday free and I put a f- a block in for me. It's like it's like a it's like potentially wasted time in between appointments. So anyway, that just I don't think it, that yeah. was probably obvious to everyone listening earlier when I was talking, but it wasn't obvious to me till just now. Well, but, yeah, but you know, I, I want to hit on that for a second though, because you know, we titled this episode "Tactical Creativity." I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I need these giant blocks of time to be creative." But I think yeah. we're proving that you don't. You can do it in these little tiny, you know, fifteen-minute increments, yeah. if if you want to, if you need to. Um, it, yeah, it's possible. It doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming thing. Right. Yeah. Pressure. So th- th- another reason I like daily email better than weekly. But I, I know you're a weekly fan. But uh, it's the same. It's that reason is that it, it puts too much pressure on me. Weekly puts too much pressure on me. Anyway, daily puts too much pressure on me. (laughs) It just goes to show you, right? Everybody's different and you design these things for yourself and for your audience. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So moving on to two hours, if I, if I've got a two hour block in between appointments, that to me is a perfect time for a book writing session when I'm, when the, when all some other things that we'll get to in my four hour chunk are already done. So if I've got a book outlined, accepted in progress, and it's like, okay, now it's just time to crank out the chapters. I like a two-hour block for that. I could do it in one, but I would come back. I, I almost, I would suspect that I would come back after t- the next day and be like, this is garbage. I rushed this. I didn't have time to finish the thought. I don't know where I am. And I know that is not true with a lot of other writers like Cory Doctorow. He can just like pick up right where he left off and just write for 15 minutes like while he's waiting for his kid to come out of daycare or whatever. And I don't know if he has a kid, but but the idea is like he can he can just pick up right where he left off and it's fine for him. But I'm not I don't trust that process for myself. You know, I, I really played with this when I wrote my book because I was I was reading this advice that said an hour a day. And so I, you know, I blocked out an hour on my calendar and then I'm like, I know myself. It's going to take me a while to get past the this block about it. I just need to add a little bit of time. And so what I did was I booked two hours every day. Yep. And my rule to myself was, okay, you don't have to sit there for two hours every day, but you have to produce at least an hour's worth of content. Mm. And I, there were a couple days where I actually worked four hours because I was on a roll. I felt it the next day. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I did. And it wasn't that it wasn't like a tired thing. It was like I didn't want to do two four-hour days back to back because I still had my day job. It's not like I was a full-time writer and I'm like, okay, I'll do four hours and then I'll knock off. I had other stuff to do. So yeah, but I, I my point in that is that I totally get that. And I think where that block goes, that block of time, whether that's a medium one or a large one or a small one really depends on the person, the writer, and, mm. you know, whatever is going to work for your success is what I would argue for. Right. Yeah. We, at this one, we're starting to get into territory that I know you love, which is when do you slot that? If you had your options to like move all your meetings to the afternoon or move all your meetings to the morning, one or the other, and then put your two hours of book writing somewhere for you, would that be morning or like what time would that be for you? would actually be afternoon. 
Really? And yeah, you would think the opposite because, you know, I'm a morning person. In fact, I, I love Dan Pink's book about when, it's called When, mm-hmm. about, yeah. uh, you know, the best time of day to do things. And I am an early bird. So if I had to, uh, if I was going to sit there and look at investments and decide where I wanted to put my money or balance my checking account, like, does anybody even do that anymore? Um, <laughs> if I were going to do that, I would do that in the morning. And if I were going to do some heavy-duty research for for my book, I would probably do that in the morning. But for writing, definitely the afternoon. And when I scheduled my, my month of two-hour blocks, I started out having a lot of them in the morning. But I, I uh, after the first three or four days, I, I switched all of them that I could to the afternoon because for me, that's when my creativity flows. I don't have blocks on my creativity. It just flows more. Hmm. And and now the thing that I would be careful of with things I wrote in the afternoon is whether they were factually correct. <laughs> so that's what the morning <laughs> time was for. So when I was doing the editing, I was doing the editing in the morning. Interesting. Yeah. And this idea yeah. is, you know, your, your, your time, you know, your sort of internal clock is on one of three ways and, and your creative time, if you're an early morning person, theoretically, your creative time is in the afternoon. Not true if you're a night owl. Right. So, here, so this is funny because like my, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know if opposite is accurate, but definitely shifted. So for me, writing the book part, is the execution piece the create i'm super duper night owl and uh that is when i'm most likely to be skipping around in books and youtube and uh, movies netflix movies and getting tons of ideas and trying to you know it's just like a cloud of fireflies and i'm just trying to catch them as fast as i can i would i do not like to write long stuff at that time it's it's like i'm too creative to focus it's it's weird yeah. it's like a different kind of focus yeah. so you know and even when i wrote my o'reilly books which i did write late at night i would sleep i remember i don't know if this happened all the time but i remember many times i would go to bed around 10 30 11 and set my alarm for four and and but that felt that didn't feel like like I said to my kids, it's not the next day until I go to sleep and wake up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like two in the morning, if I haven't gone to bed yet, it's still yesterday to me. It's still today. Right. Okay. So I, I don't, so I, I don't know. I just, I'm like too scattered. It's too, I feel like there's too much, but like, even though I wrote in the middle of the night, those O'Reilly books, I used to say, you know, I'd like my alarm would go off and it'd be like time to make the donuts and I'd get out of bed and, uh, and I just jump into whatever the editor had on my to-do list, but it felt like the morning, like it felt like the new day mm-hmm. and not like, and that I had, and that I wasn't going to like, uh, type until I dropped and then fall asleep. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to write a book like that. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. And it's, and writing a book is, you know, it's not all a creative act. I mean, some of it is, you know, it's heavy duty execution. It's yeah, getting this duty. thing. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things I, I liked about that, about the afternoon writing is then, I don't know if you found this, is then I would sleep on it that night and I would wake up the next morning and whenever I had something I was struggling with, I had the answer the next day, oh. literally without fail. It was so <laughs> shocking to me because I was like, oh, I can't do this. No, 
no, I can't. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how I'm going to deal with these two competing things. And I'd wake yeah. up the next morning and go, oh, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this. I was like, oh my God, how did that yeah. happen? Yeah. So, f- I mean, for me, it's like perfect writing session would be like, wake up, have coffee, go probably not to my windowless office for this particular activity, probably to a bustling area where no one will bother me. So like, uh, mm. Starbucks. Like, yeah. Maybe even bigger than that, though, like um, like the the cafeteria section of the supermarket, you know, like, oh, interesting. Yeah. OK, like like kind of big with a almost like a like a Starbucks. You still get people still come up to you and talk to you in a Starbucks, like something someplace where I could yeah. be more anonymous, more like anonymous. a plaza. Yeah. But you also have the hum going on be- behind. Right. You. Right. Yeah. And and so like grab a coffee, you know, I still I still am a night owl. So like get up at like probably 10 to be honest get my coffee get situated and like right from 11 to 1 oh that would be that is like perfect for me yeah that's killer and and that's the point i want to make is you heard jonathan's voice the tone of voice when he described that <laughs> that's what you want to do with this stuff because for tactical creativity it's finding those times within your schedule within your life where it just feels so good like that because then you'll want it you'll want to do it more mm-hmm. like oh yeah that 20 minutes between the time i pick you know one kid up from this and drop another one off that that's the perfect time to do this I and mean, that's right. what you're looking for is finding that sweet spot for yourself yep so we're getting kind of long here oh geez yeah <laughs> this is so much maybe, fun to talk about yeah maybe maybe we should uh you know hit the large stuff and keep moving yeah let's do it all right yeah, I had some more stuff in the two-hour block. I won't go into it, but one was outline in brand new talk or a brand new course mm-hmm. or workshop. Like yeah. outline it. Um, uh, maybe work on slides for one that I've outlined. Or or another thing that doesn't apply to everyone is just automate everything. Like automate something. Like oh, I've got like two hours to code something, but I know that doesn't apply to everyone. But that's a perfect time amount of time mm-hmm. for it for me. Mm-hmm. And then the big stuff. I've got four, and I'll, I'll list them, and then you can kind of oh, comment. me too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're the same four. Uh, let's see. So one would be to write a book proposal, which I, I recently did, and it definitely took it, it took some serious focus. Um, related, outline a new book, uh, you know, concept, everything, outline the whole thing. What's the, you know, what's the back cover look like? Or not look like, but what does it say? What's the title? What's the subtitle? What's the table of contents? Does this feel right? That's I want four hours to do something like that. Uh, same with designing a new podcast. So if I've got an idea for a new podcast, this hardly ever happens, but it, if I had four hours and I have this idea percolating up about a new show, that's how much time I would probably want to do all the things I would need to do to then be able to feel if I still thought it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is to explore an undiscovered planet in my solar system, my content solar system. Ah. So like new area of exploration that does relate to my son but it hasn't been something i've talked about and then mapping out that territory charting that planet and saying like do i really want to talk about that what's what's here and do i really want to talk about this stuff what would that do down the road so like really really doing like a mind map or deep outline of this new whole area yeah so those are my four things okay so we had some overlap um so the book i had that Mm -hmm. um I have develop a talk, yep. um, a pivot, a business pivot, really oh, thinking yeah. 
thinking through what you want to do, how it's going to work. I think you need some, you know, some time to be able to do that um, and developing a workshop. Yep. Yeah, I agree with all that stuff. Look yeah, at us. I don't we did know. the last I, one in like two minutes. Two seconds, right? <laughs> so the funny thing—I mean, I know we're going to wrap, but the the funny thing about the the four-hour stuff is it's where the really innovative stuff happens. Like when you're really thinking about broadening the boundaries around you know the area the area of your playground, um, and really going deep into something or broadening your area of of interest and. And like I said before, since I haven't had a good, I haven't been doing a good job defending my four-hour blocks from life stuff. So I feel like I've been slacking on some of these really big things. Like I've got a list of like one night in Firefly mode, I captured a list of at least 40 new potential planets for my content social system, content solar system. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and there it lies six months later. I've done nothing with it. <laughs> But you have it. You have it. You captured right. it. They're in the bottle. They're in the bottle. The jar. Yeah. The jar. The jar. Right. Yeah. Hopefully jar there's flies. holes in the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, uh, to be honest, I feel like these either talking about these individually is not that necessary because it's, it's like, well, you, it's the normal way. I think people normally think about like, oh, I've got tons of time or I need tons of time to do stuff like this. Probably the, I'm imagining the more important takeaway for the listener from this episode is there the bulk of things you can do in a lot potentially in a lot less time yeah exactly and even the things that we said are in the in the large um bucket you could parse those into smaller pieces and they might feel more manageable if you did right right like if you're thinking about a talk maybe you just say oh well what's the first thing i want to talk about what what would i say in the introduction and you know that could be the the small bucket you know, mm-hmm. the 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and maybe an hour. Yeah. Or even if you're like, what are the three big sections of this talk? I just need to come up with the three big sections and I'll flesh yeah. it out later. Yeah. Break it yeah. into smaller tasks. And and what That's I true. love about that is when, when you do that, usually your brain keeps working on it. You're, you're unconscious or subconscious, whatever you want to call it. It's still working on it. So the next time you sit down, you're like, oh, or you wake up the next morning and you have this idea that just kind right. of magically popped into your brain and, you know, you write it down for the next time you have, you know, a, a half an hour to work on it. Totally. Yeah. I, I think there's, yeah, I, I could, we could obviously talk about this all day. As usual, we were like, I don't <laughs> know if this would be enough for a whole episode and we're like over an hour. Uh, cool. So okay. we should wrap it up there. I guess if we left any stones unturned, uh, dear listener, you can shoot us an email. You know how to get in touch with us and uh, let us know if there's an area you want us to go into more deeply. Maybe one of the things in the four hour bucket or whatever. Cool. Cool. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Michelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.